Welcome to the Find the Way podcast. In this show, we will try to explore what is happening in emerging markets and how entrepreneurs, investors, and communities are simply finding the way to make phenomenal things happen, regardless how volatile the environment may sometimes seem. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to present to you today to Diego Noriega. Diego is currently the managing partner of Newtopia, an early-stage VC aiming to become one of the main drivers of the Latin American entrepreneurial ecosystem. Before becoming an investor, Diego co-founded more than 23 successful companies, including Ala Maula, which eBay acquired. Drawing on his strong business development skills and knowledge, he has mentored more than 1,200 startups, evaluated more than 2,000 companies for investments, and delivered about 250 conferences on business development and entrepreneurship. In his current role as managing partner at Newtopia, he's responsible for building the Newtopia community and supporting the teams through extensive mentoring programs. The goal of Newtopia is to fund the most outstanding Latin American entrepreneurial talent and guide them on their path to global markets. With Diego's own words, my purpose in life is to change Latin America. Supporting entrepreneurs is the best tool I know and that's why I want to impact over 1 million entrepreneurs in the next 10 years. Super excited to, to have a little chat with you, Diego, and hear more about your story. You've been, you've been playing in the game here in Argentina for quite a while right now. So could you give us a little intro to yourself and what have you been up to lately? Sure, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I was born... 47 years ago in the northern region of Argentina called Santiago del Estero, which is probably one of the hottest places in the earth. Uh, right now, it's 43 centigrade some summer days. Goodness, so, that's, yeah. that's a little bit hotter than <laughs> what I'm used in Finland. When, when, we're, we're, when we're heading to negative 20 or negative 30 Celsius, that feels like home. Okay, so um, in this case, we are in Buenos Aires, and I moved here 10, 10 years ago. And the, the weather is so much nicer. But, um, you know, I've been trying to change the status quo in, in the northern part of Argentina. Then I realized that it was a bigger challenge, uh, not only for the country, but also for Latin America. So uh, in the last 23 years after I graduated from, from university and also did my MBA, um, I, I wanted to change things and I wanted, you know, I knew that entrepreneurship was the main tool to change the status quo. So as an example of this, in my hometown, 70% of the people work directly or indirectly for the government. There is mm -hmm. no proactivity. There is very little entrepreneurship and innovation. And I think that it's pretty much what happens in the rest of the countryside of Latin America, uh, with the exception of the big cities like Buenos Aires, Mexico City, Sao Paulo, Santiago, etc. Uh, we do have a culture that it's like, um, you know, with a strong belief that you cannot build something from the countryside. And why is that the case? Why are people so destined to just go work for the government and not starting something on their own. Well, yeah, I think that it has to do with our background. And, you know, America was covered more than 500 years ago, and we are new countries, not more than 200 years. Um, 
and, and I think that it has to do with the traditional mindset of not taking risks. And um, probably it has been tough in the previous generations to build businesses and to be, again, proactive. And another example is that Argentina is far away from the rest of the countries. Yeah. Like if you take the market of the United States, of Europe, even Asia, all the continents are far away. If you go to the countryside, it's even further. <laughs> yeah. It's an extra... Um, uh, challenge and I was born. I was actually started to to build my own things when internet raised, and it was a great tool to change the way that we started businesses, started startups, right through you know the the economy of knowledge instead of the traditional way and goods. So I thought that uh, that that was gonna change things forever in the countryside of the Latin American countries. And for the last 23 years, I've been doing a lot of startups, 23 actually. I mean, my 24th, and we'll talk a little bit more later about that one. And it's been a very exciting journey. I learned a lot. I failed in most cases. It's very hard to start a business in from here. But I think that it's getting better and better and better. And the ecosystem is growing very fast, and I think that we have a great opportunity moving forward. Okay, thanks. Thanks for sharing a little bit about your background. So now you're heading towards your 24th venture, and would you be able to describe also a little bit where did it all start? So when the internet started to be a thing uh, towards the end of the 90s, what were you doing at that time? What what opportunities you saw, and what did yeah. you you work on that time? Well, uh, I was raised um, in a in a house, in a home. Actually, that was the the mindset was completely different as the rest of the what I just described. So my parents were entrepreneurs, even though they had a professional career. Uh, my father was a psychiatrist, and my mother was a a, a professor. So, um, but they wanted to do something else. And I saw, you know, all the path into starting a new business, how hard it was, how many no's they took. And, um, you know, that, that really, I think that that was what kicked me out in terms of uh, the willing to start businesses. Um, personally, I, I finished my university in 1999 and in, in 2000. Um, um, you know, it happened so, such a long time ago that I'm starting to forget. <laughs> no, no worries, no The year worries. 2000, I started my MBA. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the internet was changing things and there were this crazy valuation on startups. And also the bubble came up in, in between 2000, 2001. Uh, so it was a huge frustration. But still, you know, we believe that um, internet was going to change things forever. Communication, yeah. the way that we, you know, did businesses. Uh, and, uh, and as the example that I gave you a few minutes ago, starting things or doing things from the countryside was now possible. You didn't have to travel, you know, and take like... All a, the way to Buenos Aires, take a huge long bus ride for over 10 hours. We talk about this yeah. uh, like uh, a month ago. And I was telling you that to take a mentoring session or to take a 
sales pitch. I'll have to travel for two days, sleep a night uh, in a bus for two nights. It was yeah, yeah. crazy, you know, and just for one hour <laughs> conversation. Um, and and so that, that was when I started building things. Uh, I did pretty well with an agency, a digital marketing agency. In the beginning, I had this mindset of exporting services. So I started out the first one and I failed. The second one, I started from Mexico and providing services into one um, industry. That was uh, the tourism travel industry. And I did very well with that one. Um, we exported 100% of our services from the countryside, from Santiago del Estero, my hometown. I had this um, challenge and at the same time, a great feeling that I was giving opportunities to people that otherwise will work for the government. You know? Yeah. So I, I enjoyed, at one point, I, I remember that I was enjoying more to hire someone that to have a new client, which is a yeah. little bit crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, but I understand the logic, the the the, the motivation, the underlying motivation behind. Yeah, and and after that, um, I did that for like nine years, and I did well. And there were a huge organization in the emerging markets that was actually born in Argentina and Chile, and now it's all over the place. Um, selecting me in 2009. I, I think that was a mistake of them in, in the process. <laughs> um, but anyways, they, they, they believe that I had some innovation in my uh, companies, actually, but that time I had two. Um, and then uh, they believe that, you know, I was a game changer. So, uh, and a high impact entrepreneur. So yeah. first they select you and then they support you. And by supporting me, they gave me a lot of uh, connections with Great people, um, amazing people, like the number one person in Europe of, of Amazon. I remember uh, very well the, the, the couple of mentoring sessions that we had. And it, for me, ha having the opportunity to talk to this type of people was, was really a, a, a game changer. So um, I, in 2009, when you know the web 2.0 was racing uh i said it's a huge opportunity to change a little bit of the focus of my business and started to build platform instead of just doing things for someone else uh, and we kind of started um startup studio with five different companies i hired five different tech teams and invested a little bit of money in each one of them. Um, my background was growth, so I, yeah. I put that aside. And um, we did well with a couple of companies. One of them, Alamaula, that was a classified network, and, you know, did a great disruption in Latin America. And we got the eyes from eBay and eventually we exited Alamaula to eBay and I became the general manager of eBay in Latin for four for three years actually. Um and, and from there I just built one business after the other. Uh with good and bads with you know failures and and, and um some exits. But at the end of the day what I take the the, the, the biggest learning is that taking risk is great and, and, and building teams and building projects 
to tackle huge problems, it's, it's a great opportunity. And not only in the U.S. or Europe, it's also happening a lot more in, in Latin America. And that's why my 24th venture is a, is, is a VC, it's a venture capital called Newtopia. Um, and we have invested in 57 startups in the last 15 months. So we are going very fast and, and not only investing, we are supporting them. And that's what I actually put 100% of, of my effort. Of course, also building community and trying to position our brand, not only in Latin, but also globally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then if we take a little look on some of the failures that you've had, would you be able to give a deeper dive into one of those failures? Sure. Sure. I, I think that the biggest failure that I had was Segundo Gar. I was trying to build the Airbnb of Latin America. And that was after I exited Alamaula to eBay. So I was a well-known entrepreneur. I had With investors. Full confidence. Full confidence. Actually, too much. A little too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to be a, a humble guy, and I actually lost that. And I'm, now I'm laughing and smiling, but it's, it's one of the key learnings. Uh, I didn't have my feet on the ground. I thought that everything was possible, and, and I, all I needed was to grow and to put a lot yeah. of money, invest in a lot of money. I didn't think about product market fit as a way to start expanding. Uh, the business to other geographies. I learned that I couldn't build, you know, I, I didn't um, have to uh, do it on my own, which is something I was uh, doing and it was a huge mistake. You know, in my past companies, everything that I did, I did with co-founders. In this case, I just wanted to exit my business, not in a few million dollars, but in... I don't know, a few more. $100 million. Yeah, $100 million. Sure, that that was my goal. And it was a huge mistake. I was not trying to solve a problem. You just wanted to make money. You were there hungry for growth. My ego was huge. I was not humble, and I did a lot of mistakes. And once that you are, you know, moving fast, you're taking more more risks. And uh, I think that the, the, the biggest key learning there is that when, when you're approaching to the wall and you're sitting, you're going to hit it very hard. Um, that's when, you know, the, the, the tough mentality of an entrepreneur is, is very important. I was really depressed for eight months. I remember it was very hard to, you know, get out of the bed in the mornings. I was, uh, you know, most of the days I was crying and I couldn't find a way out. And the main reason that I had the, that depression was because I realized it was all my fault. Of course, there were a tough context. I couldn't do race a Series A. Um, we didn't have enough traction. Uh, you know, 2015 in Latin America, there were only a couple of deals in the whole region. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty much like in 2022, like a, a winter. And over there, why were not why were you not able to raise Series A? What were the the reasons behind that? Well, as I said before, I did a lot of mistakes. Number one, didn't have a co-founding team. Uh, it was just myself and then employees. Huge mistake. Um, I was focused 100% in raising money instead of 
talking to clients and seeing what the problem was. And remember, it, it was a multi-sided platform. So I didn't have one client. I have a few clients. And uh, instead of talking to them, I was just pitching. I did 1,000 pitch to 125 investors, uh, which is a lot in 2015 yeah. in Latin America. Um, so I put all my effort there. I didn't have product market fit and I started expanding to four geographies, which was really a huge mistake, like a rookie mistake. And uh, yeah. that was, uh, again, one of the biggest uh, or the toughest things to, to pass on. I mean, to, um, know that I, you know, I have did a, a big, a huge error and I needed to do it on backwards. So yeah. Building a team in Miami, in Sao Paulo, in um, in Bogota, um, Uruguay, and Argentina, and now I needed to focus just in one city of Argentina called Mar del Plata. It's in the, the you know the, the the biggest vacation place of of, of Argentina. And uh, if I had done that in the beginning, I wouldn't have wasted so much money. Um, that mainly was my own money. I mean, I was the first and main investor in this uh, Segundo Gar company. Uh, so I pretty much decided to go very fast and it was a huge mistake. Um, and, and, you know, a good thing about this is that I learned, I wrote a book, and then I decided to share all that knowledge that I had uh, with entrepreneurs. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, to kind of talk a little more about uh, failure, why it happened, how to prevent it, because actually 95, 96% of the startups are going to die in, in the Death Valley, right? So in the yeah. first three, five years. And there even roughly 80% of Series A companies are still going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say that it's a huge difference when you do Series A in Latin. Because there are not many VCs uh, still, you know, it's undeveloped um, market. One uh, percent mm -hmm. of the investment is in 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 Latam. It's a huge region, and only half one percent of the investment, which I think that you know, in time, is gonna change, and it's already changing. Um, but after you do Series A, Series B. You do it in, you know, with, with global VCs, with yeah. U.S. VCs. So it's, I, I would say that for LATAM, it's a little bit easier than doing Series A. Absolutely. Um, and then if we jump on to a little bit about Newtopia and your current role as a VC and a mentor, um, based on my research in the region and what I've been seeing is that a lot of the companies that are still in, in the seed stage because of necessity, because of lack of options, because of lack of access to finances and, and the similar means that, let's say, a lot of European or US-based companies have, they are relatively strong financially very early on, but they still have very hard time raising. Um, what's your take on this? Because from a, from a European lens or from a US lens, this seems that these companies are extremely solid. If you would go with these numbers to... To, to European VCs or US-based VCs in that region, in that market, and you would have that amount of traction, they would be just begging your attention. But yep. here it seems to be a completely different ballgame. I agree with you, Eric. And uh, the main reason why I'm saying that is 
um, as you know, the lack of investors in the region, especially in the very early stage, like pre-seed and seed, makes you um, that that the only chance that you have is to build uh, a sustainable business. Probably providing services instead of uh, focusing in products, which is good for your financial health, but bad for raising money and having the attention of, of uh, investors. So the speed that you have in your startup, um, it's, I would say, organically and in terms of speed, it's slower than in the U.S. With that, you have an idea, you have a PowerPoint, and you can raise money, start raising sure. money. So uh, the landscape is totally different, and most of the entrepreneurs have the necessity of bootstrap in Latin America, which is a huge different game when you do that in the beginning, and it takes a lot more time. Uh, let's say you got you got uh, an ARR, which is uh, an annual uh, recurring revenue of uh, one million dollars, which is something you know that gives you an idea that you can raise seed and probably an extension of that seed. But it depends on how much time it took you to raise uh, to to get to the, that that um, metric. So it, if it took you five years and you're growing five percent uh, month over month. It's very little, you know, and the VCs are not very interested in those type of businesses. They are trying to focus in the companies that are, you know, growing uh, over thirty percent month over month, and uh, they have been doing building the business for a very short period of time. That they are executing very well. They are they are expanding very fast, and they had product market fit. So, I guess that the the the, the huge Difference is based on the sources of um, financing opportunities that we don't have in Latin America. And I think that that's a huge opportunity. We in Utopia saw that. And uh, that's why we are investing in, in pre-seed. Uh, with this fund, it's a $50 million fund, and we are going to invest in 100 companies. Uh, each one of these companies are potentially fund makers. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that uh, they are potentially multi-billion dollars companies and they're going to they're gonna pay our fund. Correct. So um, I think that that, that is the, the biggest uh, difference. The second difference, Eric, and I try to, you, you read my post in LinkedIn and I try to make a lot of, um, I don't know the word in English, but auto-criticism so to learn about ourselves. To keep learning all the time and not to blame on the context. Yeah. So regarding this, I, I, I will also add that Latin America founders, we have huge talent. Tech talent is it's amazing. And but the mindset is still not like in the US, especially the growth mindset. So we do have, um, uh, I would say, a tend to believe that we are not going to be able to build global business from here. Just a few people have that mindset and not the 400 million people that live in the region or, or even more. I, I, I forgot the, the, the number of people, but uh, you, you see what my point, right? Yeah. I, and that's why we believe that we have to work a lot in the mindset of the entrepreneurs. Uh, especially after COVID, you know, yeah. that it's, uh, it brought us a lot of uh, global opportunities from everywhere in the world. 
Yeah. And then if we take a look on that there is a necessity to bootstrap for, for a lot of the startups from day one, and they need to be self-sustainable for a relatively long period of time because of there is lack of access to finance. Are you taking advantage of that with Newtopia? Is that happening in the region? Not necessarily Newtopia, but other players in the region is that because if you have lack of supply of funds in the region, you know that the entrepreneurs and the companies are desperate. Is is that a problem in the region that people are trying to take an advantage of that? Well, uh, I've been raising money for the last 15 years, and I think that that used to be a huge problem. I remember, and I will give you an example. I remember, can I say bad words here? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> then we can edit, we can edit them if, okay, if they're okay, too okay. bad. Okay. Don't worry. Okay, but it's it's textual, okay? Yeah. Um, there, there's another entrepreneur, uh, Endeavor entrepreneur guy who was very talented and uh, actually got funded by a VC in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was in 2015. And um, an analyst of that VC will tell him, that guy, very talented, MBA from a U.S., very well-known university uh, with previous businesses. And the analyst, junior analyst, said, okay, we have invested in you. Now you are my bitch. So that was pretty much the mindset of traditional, I would say more family offices than VCs. Um, But, you know, it's a a very good example for saying also that in terms terms and conditions, it was also like that. Okay, I will invest very little money with, for a lot of of, of your equity. And um, I don't think that that was fair. And uh, it's changing a lot, thanks that, especially since 2018, we have seen a lot of uh, investors from the U.S. and even global VCs coming down to the region, and it's more competitive. And uh, Which is making the market more healthy yeah, in, and, in that and, sense. And, and more, uh, I will say, in terms of information, everyone knows. And in, and in terms of reputation, you don't want to be the... You don't want to the be black the black right? Yeah, <laughs> in terms yeah. of the, the investor. Mm. But so that, is, you... that is changing, Eric. And, and, and let me point out something else. Um, I, I recently mentioned something about the bootstrapping mindset, which is very important. And that is not something that we are saying from the change of the context in the last uh, six months. We are saying this, and you can see my videos in YouTube for the last 10 years. We need to grow, uh, have a, a very strong bootstrapping mindset because of the situation uh, of the VCs and, and, and financial investors here in Latin America, the lack of, of that. But also, we need to de-risk our businesses. If a U.S. investor or a global investor take a look at a very early stage startup, it's a huge risk. You know, it's far away geographically, but also you don't know the people, you don't have a, a lot of connections. And that makes a whole completely difference with a startup that is, starts from the US or another well-developed market. So I think that we need to double down on our efforts 
to build sustainable businesses from day one and to be you know very careful with the money spender and if we can grow through partnerships if we can grow through organically uh through content through seo through email marketing through connections i think that it's uh, healthier than just spending a lot of money in uh, platforms that can uh, you know give you ads and visibility and some some clicks so first you have to work very deep on the content of your company and also about yourself. Uh, I think that every entrepreneur in Latin America should have a very strong brand, personal brand. Mm -hmm. and, and that is something that we're working with more than 200 entrepreneurs and founders in these 57 uh, companies. And how are you doing that exactly? How are you coaching them, guiding them to develop a stronger personal brand? Well, first of all, giving the example. Hmm. You know, I've personally done this for the last 10, 15 years. Um, you know, knew the 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 hacks on SEO, <laughs> yeah, and and that's actually how I got the attention from eBay with La Maula. We have 12 million unique visitors after 12 months since we launched, and 100% of the visits were SEO. Hmm. So I understood that we needed to do a lot more of that. Um. Well, if if you have the mindset of discovering the best challenge, the best channels, sorry, for building this um, sustainable growth, um, you know, you will get to have some traction. And after you have some traction and that your content is great in the website, you have a lot of videos, everyone trusts you, yourself as a personal founder and a personal brand founder. And then um, also the, the, the startup. And if everyone in the team, in the startup, does the same thing, it builds a lot of trust. And, and again, it can connect you with uh, VC, potential partners, talent, uh, clients, and many other targets. So that's the number one task that you have to do from the very early stage since you are launched, even before you launch. <laughs> You, you might not even have a product, but you can start talking about why you want to change the, the, the problems in, in a specific uh, industry, why you are so passionate about that. Uh, what was your problem that connected you with that? Yeah. Why is that your purpose? And again, connecting with uh, what we talked in, in the beginning, my purpose, I discovered that my purpose was, you know, giving tools and, 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 and the ability to um, start businesses from everywhere in Latin America. And, and even I'm thinking about the emerging markets, but just uh, focusing in Latin America will still have a lot to do. And that as a tool to change Latin America. And that, that's something I've been focusing on and making decisions on uh, every time that I make a new decision, uh, I have to consider my purpose and my goal up to 2065, for example, is to hit and, and support 1 million entrepreneurs in the region. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's amazing. And if we take a look now that you're emphasizing you and Utopia, all your colleagues, of changing Latin America, changing for what? What are you trying to achieve? What, what 
are you thinking that entrepreneurship is the vehicle for what? So changing Latin America as a way to, first of all, um, solve the, the, the biggest problems that we have. I mean, poverty, 50% of Argentinas are poor. Mm-hmm. And we are a rich country. We are an extremely rich country. Extremely great opportunities. So um, uh, I think that changing the systems will change Latin America. Uh, the mindsets that we were talking, mm-hmm. the willing of uh, building teams. We in Latin America, we are very bad in that. There was a recent uh, survey from the BBC. Uh, it was it was done by Ipsos. Um, and uh, it was about, you know, if, if you feel comfortable um, with your society, with the members of your society, with your neighbors, with your partners, they're willing to partner, okay? And um, the number one country in the world that uh, had a, a bad reputation on this was Serbia. 93% of Serbians don't believe in that in their society. Now, 92% of Argentinians, 90% of Chileans, 90% of, of Peruvians are in the top list in the world. So we don't have this willing of building things together. And, and, and it's just everything is for me. <laughs> and Yeah, if, if now being in Argentina, if I would see the same passion that you people share for football, I would say that same cooperation in, in, in the world of business. I think that... Yeah, but it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, and, and we can chat a lot about that one um, because, you know, football is, is a passion all over the world. And I think that it's a great example. I was also passionate about uh, River Plate and uh, Argentina uh, soccer team. Um, until I realized that people were killing each other uh, because of soccer games, not only against you know the 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 um, the classic the the classic game the the derby yeah River Boca or I don't know another one in in Brazil no, just in the same team they were killing each other because of power. Yeah, and because of corruption, everyone knows that it's a huge corruption going there. So I realized that actually, um, and it's a little bit crazy, and I don't want to be uh, <laughs> deep dive on this. But just one idea: soccer is not keeping us united; it's doing the opposite impact. Yeah, it's only one team that wins, and the rest are crying are sad, are frustrated. And the worst thing is the example that unfortunately Argentinas gave in the game against the Netherlands. And I was very first pissed off because of that. And I put I did a post on, on LinkedIn. Um, that is not an example that we need from our leaders. Uh, you know, making fun of the people uh, that just, you know, were beaten on penalty kicks, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's no good for anyone. It's, it's bringing more uh, separation and individualism instead of building as, a, as a, you know, one big society that we all need to be healthier. 
closer, better in terms of understanding each other. And and here it comes that when you embarked on the journey of digitalization at the beginning of the or at the change of the millennia, you still have been a big believer of technology and entrepreneurship as the vehicle to change the culture and yeah. the behavior. And, and yeah. then now you're mentoring others and leading by example through Newtopia, through your own mentorship programs and, and so forth. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen the impact that, uh, you, you remember the, the PayPal mafia, right? Yeah. And they, the first uh, mafia from a startup. Um, then you have many great people that build their own businesses and many, many great talented people that after that also build their own business. So the so impact was, going. exactly, it was huge. It was a huge snowball. And I've seen the same thing here in, in Argentina and Latin America, you know, with the unicorns, just to mention a few. Mercado Libre, the Mercado Libre mafia is amazing. Endeavor did the research on the impact of this unicorns, like um, Mercado Libre, Globant, uh, OLX, uh, my partner Pato Ajutar, uh, uh, it's a, also has a mural, which is a, a, a unicorn. Um, and we have seen how the teams that used to work for the unicorn uh, start their own thing and they know how to do it and they trust that they can do it. They have seen it. They have done it. So um, we believe that if we can, let's say, have at least 50 unicorns in, in LATAM in the next uh, five years, um, and, and in the impact that it's going to have in the next 20 years is, is amazing. And not only in terms of a startup, but also socially and economically, but at the end of the day, I think that it will impact also in other systems. Like, for example, the universities. We all know that it has to be a huge change in terms of education. Um, government, you know, is <laughs> worldwide known that uh, LATAM is, has corruption and um, it's, it's really tough. And even though we have rich resources, we are poor countries. So... Our dream is to stop being the granary of the world, but to start being and building uh, the, the talent of the world, the knowledge of the world, and start building software from here. It's a huge advantage also. Uh, we have the, you know, the Americas in the same time zone. Uh, we, our English skills are okay, are much better comparing with other uh, regions in the world. Um, and I think that we can do faster in order to be part of the global market. Right now, yeah. most of the countries in, in, in Latin America are not part of the global market. And th that's that impossible. True. That is true. Yeah. And then when you look at the trajectory of Latin America as a whole, and then also Argentina, is that like yourself, you were founded in 21. You have been doing over 50 investments by now, roughly one investment per week. Yeah. And there's more and more funds popping up into the region. Then you have more of these success stories that inevitably will follow. And their success stories will lead more young people, more people to change corporate jobs to entrepreneurship. And that just makes this snowball effect bigger. 
So for the next 10 to 20 to 30 to 50 years, it seems pretty promising. Yes, Eric, and, and just to give you another example, you have lived our asados, our barbecues, and we invite over other VCs. We invite our competition, and that's a little bit crazy. And the, the, the reason why we're doing this is because we believe in the term cooperation more than competition. Um, we don't like to have 100% of the ownership of the investment rounds of, of the companies. We need to co-invest. We need to exchange um, services. We are not good at every specific need that the startup, that the startup has. So uh, by cooperating with other funds, we'll do much higher and bigger impact in, in the startups. We'll reduce failure. We'll increase the potential unicorns in LATAM and approach that impact that we want to, to generate. So yes, leading by example, I think that is the number one thing. And that's why community, we are community builders. And we are not doing this for the last year since we launched. We have been doing this for the last 20 years. My partners, two of my partners were Secretary of State of Argentina, one in entrepreneurship and small businesses, the other one in technology and sciences. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they have seen and tried to, to build the rules towards entrepreneurs to, to promote entrepreneurship. Um, and, and it's not easy. So we need to do this together. And that's why I accepted your invitation to be here. And I, you know, open my arms in terms of what you're trying, what you're trying to think on, on connecting Latin America and Europe. I think that it's a huge opportunity there. Um, because again, I don't think that LATAM talent is, um, has enough visibility and the opportunities here are huge. So by connecting, by giving visibility, by uh, doing your job here, which is great, a lot more people will get to know and probably, you know, have a, make a trip to Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, and, and, and look around. It's uh, such an amount. Uh, it, it's an amazing world and it's a lot different than people expect. Yeah. There's a, a lot more happen, happening in, in the world of technology than people believe. Yeah, and in general, LATAM founders are hard workers. You know, it's not easy to do it from here, as we said in the beginning. So if you're going to do it, you need to execute. And again, as an example of this, we're, you know, promoting these um, frameworks of waking up at 5 a.m., uh, do the most important priorities yeah. in the morning and um, focus in, in priorities and, and leading the teams toward the, the big goals and the big vision. Uh, absolutely. But it's going to take a while for, for change that cultural behavior for starting waking sure. up early when people eat dinner at, at 11 p.m. <laughs> That's coming out of Finland. Some it, people. It, it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> that is a big culture change. Uh. Yeah, I will invite you over at uh, my, my home. It's, it's, we, we have... Uh, dinner at 7 p.m. Okay, that's that's like uh, proper unique. dinner time for me in that sense. But hey, thanks a lot, Diego, for sharing your views and your journey for for the audience. I, I truly enjoyed the chat. So thanks a lot, Diego. Thanks a lot. And uh, I invite you to keep doing things for connecting Latin and Europe and to the European audience that you have. Uh, take a deep dive on, on Latin opportunities uh, startups, it's, it's just an amazing 
um, context that we are having. Besides the global context that is really tough, and Latin America is for the first time like a unique bubble and a unique opportunity. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you.